The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is August 9th, 2016. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. Today's show is brought to you by First Class Merchant Services. It's all about customer care and saving you money on your monthly transaction fees. Joining me today as co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired, former Deputy Secretary for the Maryland Department of Veterans Affairs, also past Department Commander for the DAV State of Maryland. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary, and it's always, it's great to be with you. All right, I appreciate that. Now, you know, last week's show was, was uh, with someone that we've had on a show a couple of times. It was McVet, and they are an organization that, that uh, is trying to solve one of these situations we're having uh, today oh, for a long time, actually, and that's uh, uh, homelessness. But we'll, get, we'll talk a little bit about that in just a minute. Now, we had Jeff Kendrick, Executive Director for the Maryland Center, for Veterans Education and Training, also known as McVet. We also had Paul, I hope I can pronounce this right, Kaneski. He is the intake outtake specialist for McVet. A great organization is truly helping our veterans. Although relatively new as an agency, McVet has already received a great deal of attention from the Department of Veterans Affairs and the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. On May 7, 1997, HUD declared that McVet was a national model for seamless services to homeless veterans. If you missed that show, be sure to listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, Bill, we have a little news article about the Obama administration announced nearly 50% of decline in the veterans' homelessness. Is that correct? That is correct, Gary. Uh, the uh, U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs uh, made this news re- release, and it uh, basically is stating that the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, and the U.S. Interagency on Homelessness announced the number of veterans experiencing homelessness in the United States has been cut in half since 2010. The data revealed a 17% uh, decrease in veterans' homelessness between January 2015 and January 2016, quadruple the previous year's annual decline and a 47% decrease since 2010. Gary, as you know, homelessness is something that we, uh, we strive and we continue to strive to see complete eradication. This is good news, but, uh, you know, it's an up-and-down kind of situation, but uh, those uh, organizations throughout the country 
do uh, great work in, in, in assisting our, our nation's veterans' homelessness. That's true. And again, you know, I know that I'm in a county here in Florida. It's called Volusia County. And uh, according to statistics, states that there's about 70,000, just under 70,000 veterans. And I checked with the VA right in this county, and they have about 30,000 uh, that are actually signed up. So where are the rest of them? You know, I was told by other vets that they're living in the woods. So hopefully we can stop this from happening. Yeah, it's very important. And Bill, why don't you go ahead and let's get to our guest. Well, Gary, today we're honored to have with us Michael Shenlow. Mike is a Navy veteran and CEO, that's the Chief Executive Officer of the Edmonds-based nonprofit Operation Military Family Cares. Mike is a guest writer for several national publications a contributor for the Military Wire blog, and the author of Operation Military Family. Mike is a recipient of Washington State's Military Patriot Award, Parent Maps Military Family Award, and Amway Corporation's Patriotism Award. Mike has dedicated years to advocating for military veterans and their families. Aside from his daily responsibilities as a nonprofit leader, Mike is also a popular keynote and workshop speaker and the military and veterans affairs contributor for Fox News, that's Q13KCPG. Mike and his family live in Edmonds, Washington. Mike Schindler, welcome. To the American hey, I am honored to be here with Bill Welcome. and Gary. Great uh, to be on your show today. Welcome, Mike. Now, Mike, why don't we just start from the beginning? What resource did you see that was really needed in creating the uh, Operation Military Family Cares? Uh, you know, it started back in uh, 2006 mm -hmm. uh, when my best friend, who's now a colonel, uh, was called up over to Afghanistan um, and uh, when he departed, uh, obviously, I, I, I was left behind. Uh, I stayed behind. And um, we just began to find that, you know, the family was really under a lot of pressure, uh, you know, raising four kids. Uh, so my wife and I went on this pathway to, to find out, you know, how are other families making it, you know, with multiple deployments, with the up-tempo being what it was at the time back in 2004, 5, 6, 7. Um, and we realized that, you know, there wasn't a whole lot going for the family at the time. They had, had strong bonds and a few other things through uh, the Army. Uh, so we just said, hey, um, we're going we're gonna to put a book together that uh, highlights what the families are doing to make it, to keep their marriages together. And that's what kind of kicked off the organization was that book, uh, which General Tommy Franks endorsed. And then, uh, funny enough, the Army at that point thought I was a marriage expert. And that's really <laughs> how we kind of got started, uh, was because we interviewed over 100 families and found what they were doing as best practices. Uh, and that put me on the circuit for about two and a half years doing pre- and post-deployment workshops. Uh, and then we drove those uh, funds back into strengthening the military family because our, our belief still to this day is um, when you have a strong marriage and a strong family, you have a strong country. What have you found out as far as being the biggest cause of a, a separation? 
or divorce? Um, yeah, I, you know, I think it comes down to what impacts all families, regardless of whether or not they're in uh, in the military. But oftentimes, it's you know unmet expectations and miscommunication. Um, you know, there are families in the military, and we see it often, that uh, do survive multiple deployments, but their communication level is very high, and they lay out what the expectations are. Um, there's no hidden agendas, uh, and what we found often with the younger, uh, you know, the, the younger enlisted is um, they almost expect it to be easy, or if there's headache or complication or misunderstanding, it's, it's having the tools uh, available to help them get through that. And so we see that still today is uh, couples willing to communicate and really have, uh, you know, very frank conversations. Carrie and my, my wife, Carrie and I talk about this often is, you know, in the Navy we have what's called honor, courage, and commitment. Uh, and it all starts with commitment. And commitment is commitment. There is no off-road to commitment. Right. Uh, and when you're committed, um, suddenly in the Navy, that's when you seem like you're being courageous. But in fact, you're just committed. Does that make sense? Um, so it seems like an act of you sticking to something could very well be interpreted as courageous when in fact you're going, well, I'm just really committed and we'll figure this out. We'll get through it. Um, and as long as you have honor as part of that, meaning you do the right thing regardless of the circumstances, um, then you can have a solid foundation. You can have a solid mission. You can have a solid marriage. Um, so I think for a lot of these guys, it's just really understanding what commitment means. You know, commitment is commitment without any off-roads. Right. Also, it also counts towards the spouses, too. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah, I mean, both parties have to be committed. Mm-hmm. No question. Now, Bill, I know you had a question. Well... Uh, Mike, I'm 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 on your website as we speak, and uh, my congratulations to you for a great website here. And and specifically, where I am right now is the frequently asked question: uh, What is re- relationship and marriage education? And I'm I'm thinking, Mike, about uh, the challenges in getting to those kinds of things that you. Uh, uh, used to respond to that uh, for both sides, the serving and the non-serving spouse. And, of course, you you know in some cases both spouses may have served at one time or the other or at the same time being away from the family. Family, the stress, the fracturing of that family as a result of the absence. Talk to us a little bit about the challenges in improving that communication after those serving uh, have experienced traumatic combat experiences. Yeah, so there's a great couple, and I'm going to plug them. Uh, they, they go by Fenwick 6. Um, both uh, he and she served, uh, both 20-plus uh, year career, and met in the Army. Um, and uh, they, they are actually profiled, uh, highlighted in, in the book that's coming out in October. Uh, but what they, as they went through that, uh, Bill, it was really all about, because they were, to your point, uh, when one was home, one was deployed, right? 
And so all of a sudden, one had to take on the responsibilities of not only the career being military, you know, being army, uh, but also the family front, right? Uh, So they had to play, they had to go back and forth between what are typically uh, considered traditional roles. There was no traditional role of, you know, the wife stays home and takes care of the kids and the man goes off and makes the money. Uh, I I think that, you know, that was non-existent in their relationship. They had to fill both shoes, so to speak. Uh, And for them, it always came down to, they struggled, no question, but it came down to having the family support, Right. Uh, and we talk about this often in the military, is, is you have your core team, but you have your support services around you. And for them, they had strong family support services, They had meaning their, their family network. So in the military, we oftentimes talking about not only an action plan, but a support network. And I think it's critical if families are going to make it that they've got to have that support network. Um, that's true. And that's how they, they survived it, was having a strong support network and leaning in on each other. And for them, you know, Bill and Gary, for them, there was a strong component after years of struggling, of deciding that they couldn't do it on their own, and they went and found God. And for them, that became a core strength to the relationship. So I think it varies, you know, from couple to couple, you know. But I will tell you, just from what we have seen, that couples that are making it 20-plus years oftentimes uh, have an element of faith built into their, their relationship. That's right. And you're one of those 20-some years, right? I, yeah, my wife and I just celebrated 20 years. Yeah, All right. That's true. All right. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll continue. We're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Mike Chandler, CEO 
of Operation Military Family Cares. And now, Bill, you have a question that was going to uh, follow through on what we left before break. Well, Gary, I wanted to expand that model just a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and and as I mentioned, that you know, uh, uh, families uh, prior to these deployments, and many of them have been back-to-back and, uh, uh, deployments, uh, where... Uh, the, uh, the there's another component there involving the kids, how this impacts on the kids in this communication uh, setup, because oftentimes both families, both husband and wife are away, and the kids are left behind to be cared for by close relatives, maybe even friends. And some of these uh, kids, uh, you know, ages six, seven, eight, and nine, get the feeling that mom and dad isn't coming back home again. And then you've got situations when dad is away, you know, he develops a way of life, he comes back, and uh, and, 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 and the impact with the kids is, uh, uh, like I've heard one friend tell me, he says, you know, I come back. And I, I tell my kids to do something, and they look at me like I'm crazy, and they say, well, you know, we got along well with you not being here, and, uh, and, and we have to get over that. Uh, Mike, uh, there's so many components uh, to this to get that communication back together, uh, and with the kids especially, is what's coming for, for them in the future in terms of their development, having their parents away from them. Yeah, so, again, I'm going to mention this couple, the, the Fenwicks, um, who, uh, again, we address a, a lot of what you're talking about in this book that's coming out in October with both, you know, he being deployed and then she being deployed. She was a chief warrant officer. Um, they had to, essentially, their, her sister took care of their kids while they were both deployed. Right, they they were displaced from their their schools. Uh, they were in uh, you know a foreign city. I mean you know they were still in the United States, but it was a foreign city to them. Uh, going to a school that didn't understand military families at all, and really trying to figure out you know how do they fit in. Um, and, and I will tell you what that family did, which was so um, so incredible, which I think is such a great model, is they talked about a family mission statement. Okay. So it, for them, they always talk about the Fenwick Six. That was their unit. There was nothing that the Fenwick Six couldn't do. It, regardless if mom and dad were gone, they were still bonded because they had a common family mission. So I, I think that is they continue to speak that into their, in, into their children. And, Bill, I think your point is, when both parents are deployed, communication has to be high. I think we talk about that when we do leadership training often is it's always better to over-communicate, not under-communicate. And we need to do that in our families. And the families that are succeeding in the military often over-communicate, right? They take subjects that are important, not the mundane stuff, not like the toilet's broken and things are breaking and, you know, we're stressed out, but the big vision picture items and they talk about that and they focus on where they're going as a family. And I think, to your point, that's what's critical, especially when the children are involved, is making sure that they're included in those high-level conversations. Not the day-to-day, how do we pay the bills, but the where are we going as a family, because that, uh, that conversation breeds security. 
Well, Mike, book, one, go ahead, one, one, one final overlay on that. And I, I think what you've said is just great. But now, here, now comes the situation where, in most cases, uh, the family really can't control when the serving spouse or spouses have got medical concerns, uh, financial concerns, there may be uh, uh, the, the necessity to proceed for service-connected disability uh, compensation or getting medical attention, something that neither of those individuals can control Dealing now with the government, with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs, and how traumatic that experience can be in keeping this communication going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and, and that can be frustrating, right? I mean, that, that creates a, a whole other set of headaches, um, frustrations, certainly because, you know, the, the as veterans, we all expect that, hey, we served our country, we were... Uh, told that uh, as a result of our service, we, you know, qualified for certain benefits and it should be an easy road to get there. And oftentimes it's not. And I think that's where what we're finding is the families that are succeeding really buy into the fact that when the vision is big, the circumstances don't matter, meaning that they focus on where they're going. The, the, the day-to-day can be extremely frustrating. It's not panacea just because you have a great vision, but it is, it helps knowing that, okay, I got to focus on what am I focusing on the solution or the problem? And when families focus on the solution together as a unit, the problems start to take care of themselves. Yes, it, it requires work, but if they focus on the problem, then things begin to fall apart because they're 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 not guided in the right direction. So, I you know, Bill, I hear where you're going with this. I think, um, and we're seeing it often, you know, where the VA can can be a bit of a frustrating, you know, frustrating monolith to get through. Uh, but again, that's where the family has to come back together and say, you know what, we're, we're going to overcome this. This is one more mission, and we're going to get through it to get together. And, and, right. and Mike, I'll, I'll just say this. Having an organization such as yours to be, to be able to come in and intervene, and I say that word uh, cautiously, to kind of steer or shepherd the family along to back to where they need to be, it's very, very important, the outreach and and, and getting them to get back on the path. Uh, Maybe not necessarily where they were, but to whatever that new norm is now that can move this this family along in a very successful way. So your, your input, your organization's input is fundamental to that. Oh, well, thank you. We appreciate that, and we're honored to do it. You know, we might not be serving in uniform anymore, but I will tell you that we will always serve on the front lines, helping our brothers and sisters get get back on the pathway to success. Well, you you don't need a uniform for that. I mean, you guys. I mean, and up in Washington, it rains a lot, so uh, you know, just keep your slicker uh, available. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tell you guys that, but I tell you, we have less rain than Boston, New York, and Atlanta, so uh, we're we're in our own little. Uh, haven of sun here, so maybe not as much as Florida, but uh, we're, we're still competing with the rest of y'all. <laughs> okay. When does what does that when does your book come out in October? And is it going to be available? Uh, so October, on? it's it, it's mid October, and it's U.S. Veterans in the Workforce. 
why the 7% are America's greatest asset. And uh, what we focused on that book was, again, we did interviews, um, and we really talked about the challenge oftentimes that veterans, when they get out, when they transition back into the civilian sector, this um, struggle for new identity that they go through and how oftentimes it's through this struggle that the scar tissue is built that gives them the moxie, so to speak, to suddenly become a tremendous asset in their community, whether it's to their, their community, their surroundings, or their company, or to their family. Um, it, so we talk about how oftentimes we look at the struggle and we focus on the struggle and how, geez, the struggle's so bad. What we focus on here is, listen, the struggle can oftentimes be a foundational building block to your success. So don't get caught up in the struggle. Understand that this struggle could be, you know, really the workout that you need in order to be a major contributor. And you'll find that the stories that we have in this book are, um, you know, we, we address everything from suicidal tendencies to divorce uh, to um, multiple jobs. Um, to not understanding the whole civilian um, lack of, uh, of, of unity uh, and how these individuals, these service members uh, took this and women took this and said, you know what, um, we struggled through this, but as a result of the struggle, I am now succeeding where I'm at. And uh, the goal is to help other veterans understand, and really our colleges, universities, and our, and our companies understand that Veterans should not be looked at as broken, but rather they should be looked at really as America's greatest asset. That's true. Very true. Now, you're, everybody knows that you're located in Washington. What area do you serve? Do you serve any veteran and military family in the U.S.? We do, yeah. So even though we're headquartered here in Washington State, we'll serve anybody. Now, when it comes to uh, you know providing emergency funds, things like that, we'll team up with Operation Homefront. Uh, because they kind of base their, their funding levels on regions. And when it comes to funding different things, we fund a three-state area, which is really Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, um, as far as uh, direct funds to veterans. But uh, we'll serve any veteran anywhere, and we'll get them connected to the right resource if they reach out to us. All right. Now, how do you, how do you find the communities as far as responses to you and your organization? Um, you know, actually really, we tend to be a collaborator. So when we, we're not competing with other organizations for funds, um, Jim and I, when, when uh, we partnered up, we self-funded the organization. We do a number of things for, uh, for states that we contract with that helps uh, uh, fund the mission as well. Um, and we do some, you know, some minor fundraisers, but uh Typically, anything that we're taking on as an organization is funded uh, via a grant or uh, through a contract, uh, and then we provide a service as a result of that. So when we go into other uh, cities or states, um, we're really looking to collaborate. We're looking to promote them. We talk about how we love to do what are called other organizational spotlights. Uh, we don't believe in going in and recreating a resource. We believe in identifying what a local resource is and then bringing attention to it. Um, so in many ways, we kind of view ourselves as a concierge service uh, in that uh, our goal is to help people find the right resource uh, because oftentimes, you know, we might not be that right resource. And that's one of the reasons we developed VAP, the Veterans App, 
was to, uh, you know, help people identify the right resource based on their location in their state. All right. Why don't you give us your web address? Uh, OMFCares.org is the, the web address or Operation Military Family Cares, um, .org or .com. Uh, they can find us there. Uh, either, I mean, it'll be amazing. Or we, we've got these links all going to the same website, but uh, Operation <laughs> Military Family as well uh, can get you to the same website. So, um, yeah, that's our web address. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Let's not forget about the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel, one of the few nonprofit organizations that have been chosen for inclusion on the National VA website. They need your help with funding, which goes into the production of the first of five pilot shows of a cooking show that can make and save lives. This is the first of its kind that actually has two top military chefs that are going to present recipes for mental and physical health. Go to the VSP channel to learn more. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Mike Schindler, CEO of Operation Military Family Cares. Now, Mike, you have a resource and developed an app to find resources and information and, and connects with veterans. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so the Veterans App, VAPP, V-A-P-P.com, um, is a website. Uh, that was uh, developed, boy, we started developing that back in 2010 and 11 uh, when we found as we were kind of getting a pulse of the industry uh, and our transitioning service members, what was missing. And for them, it wasn't a matter of... Uh, you know, a resource. It was how do we find this resource? Um, there's so many organizations out there that are serving veterans. There's a lot of different resources um, 
you know, available through both state and federal VA uh, and even county uh, organizations. Um, and what we wanted to do was bring attention to those. So we sat down and did focus groups for several months. And um, going through those focus groups, they said, we just need a way to find stuff. And so we did this little competition. They named it. They called it VAP uh, so they could just VAP it. Uh, that was the idea behind um, We even joked about having a VAP mobile. Remember the old days, right, of uh, Batman? Yes. Uh, and so we had a lot of fun with this thing, and we developed VAP, the Veterans App. And what it is is a resource and information app that will connect veterans to the right resource based on where they're standing. That's in about 26 different states, so not all states are represented. You'll find all states in the menu, but that doesn't mean that all states have resources loaded there yet uh, because we are going state to state working with the different states and their uh, VAs on getting the right resources in there. So we've got all the resources that are in that app. Uh, and the key is it can't link to a website. It has to link to a phone number so that when they call, they get a live person or at least a voicemail and uh, improve their chances of getting a return phone call. That's phenomenal. Yeah, well, it's, it, it was our way of saying, hey, listen, resources are available. We just need to get you directed to the resource. Right, Exactly. That's unreal. But anyway, you also you also have something going on in Idaho. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, so Idaho is fun. So uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, the Albertsons Foundation approached and uh, said, Dennis, listen, we want to do more in the veteran space. And we had about a two-hour meeting, and uh, I'll never forget their executive director looked at me and said, Mike, if there was one thing you could change regarding the whole, you know, ecosystem of veterans, what would it be? And and, uh, I said it'd be the conversation around our veterans, uh, to which I mentioned before, which is um, I truly believe that uh, when America realizes that veterans are their greatest asset and not a liability, that America will get back on a strong foothold. And they kind of took this and they went behind the scenes and they started uh, putting this whole program together where they brought in higher heroes Team Rubicon, Team Red, White, and Blue, uh, us, and they built this public-private partnership in Idaho that takes veterans when they get out, and it puts them into a pipeline of creating a social environment for them to belong to, which is this band of brothers idea. It gives them a mission in the event that there is something, an adrenaline rush, which is needed, which is Team Rubicon. And then Hire Heroes provides a pathway or for them to get employed in the top jobs in Idaho. So, and then our component is training up the colleges and, and universities, the faculty and staff on the value of veterans. And so we kicked this off this year, um, and the data hasn't fully come back yet, but I will tell you that the social networks, the social environment that is being created as a result of Mission 43 in the state of Idaho will be a model that other states want to follow. Uh, and it really required... Um, some major industry leaders in this space to put their egos aside and say it's not about us, it's about the mission of serving our brothers and sisters and how do we ensure that they achieve success. And that's the beauty of this model is collaboration. That's right. Bill? Well, I was just reminiscing, uh, Mike, when you are talking about Idaho. Uh, back in another life, uh, 
I used to come into Quarter Lane quite a bit from Spokane, driving across over, and uh, of course uh, I had the experience when uh, uh, Mount St. Helens uh, screamed real loud and some uh, oh yeah yeah and smoke. Uh, uh, I, I went through that, so uh, uh, that, that's great. I'm, I'm I'm glad to hear that about uh, Idaho. Uh, uh, Mike, specifically, our government has, and I think this falls right in line with what you're talking about, has made a tremendous investment in us in our training and our preparation to serve this country. And much of that training and experience and our, our work that we've done serving in the uniform as to how important that can come back to still be very useful and contributing in our communities and uh it uh, it it appears that you know some of the the models that you have here works toward that to keep that moving you know it's a resource that we've developed and we don't want to see that go sour and you know fade away but talk a little bit more about how you know we're, we're, we're the influence here where we can with veterans to get them moving in that direction and and families also yeah i think there's there's so much uh to your point bill there's so uh so many dollars that are invested right in breaking down men and women and rebuilding them um into really thinking differently uh thinking uh through the lens of oftentimes not emotionally but really you know mission focused uh having some what of a laser focus um and then taking that skill set, uh, I, I mean, you think about it, a, a young man that has just graduated high school that then goes off to college compared to a young man or woman that uh, graduates high school, goes into the military, and then comes out of, after four years, their experience is very different, right? Uh, whether or not that individual has seen combat or not. So when they get in back into the civilian sector is leveraging um, this whole idea of being part of a team, being focused on a mission, uh, and, and, and taking that training, those skills and abilities, and refocusing it into the civilian sector, into the corporate sector for that matter. And I think one of the things that disconnect often is that when our men and women get out in transition, we've seen them say, hey, listen, when you get out, you should be, you know, if you're a lieutenant colonel, you should be a VP of whatever. Uh, oftentimes we have to remember as veterans that when we get out, we might have to pay our dues again, right? There might yes, be sir. a two-year delay before we're back where we think we should be in the civilian sector, but it's that patience and, and it's understanding our surroundings back in the civilian sector and then taking that skill set that we've developed and leveraging it into the corporate sector what we've seen after about a two- to three-year period is that that individual will excel in corporations and will pass their peers that have never served because of the skills and ability that they learned in the military. So oftentimes it comes down to discipline. And uh, our men and women that have served have a certain discipline that is often lacking uh, compared to their civilian peers. And employers... Uh, put that high up on their list in terms of, 
candidates that, that they're looking for to come to work for them, and that these individuals, in a lot of cases, our veterans become instant leaders in those areas Correct. where they're working. Correct, yeah, and I think that's the message that we have to convey, you know, Bill and Gary, is, is that message right there. You're, you're spot on. Unfortunately, what happens is oftentimes, and this is no disrespect to wounded warriors, um, but they, because they are such a, 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 a giant, right, that, uh, you know, I've been at events where I'll sit down with guys that have served uh, in Korea or Vietnam, for that matter, and they'll look at me and they say, Mike, um, why is it all our men and women are coming back broken? And uh, I look at them and say, you know, all our men and women are not coming back broken. Why, why do you say this? And, and it's because of what the media feeds, right? It's what raises the funds. Right. Uh, and unfortunately, we need to, while that's important, while taking and making sure that our men and women that have had injury uh, are taken care of. It is important, just as important, to highlight the skills and abilities of those that have come back um, that are ready to serve again, um, that America thinks about that as well, that they think, well, you know what, this candidate sitting in front of me could excel and catapult my organization to the next level. Uh, and it's because of the discipline, oftentimes the discipline and the ability to think quickly on their feet. Well, you know, Mike, uh, uh, again, it, it, we talk about this investment in preparing us to serve the country. And when we come back after those experiences that we have, you know, I often think that we ought to go through another training program to how to reintegrate back with our, uh, into uh, to home and community after uh, uh, combat in, in the battlefield. It makes sense because in a lot of cases, you know, we're thought of like being a, uh, a, a Navy ship uh, <laughs> that, that gave its best days, uh, you know, at sea, and we come back, and they want to put us in mothballs. So <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. reintegration process, I think, requires some training and preparation so we can fully meet those uh, uh, demands uh, to, to, to be productive citizens. Well, and there are some good ones. I mean, San Diego County, uh, for example, has a program called Reboot, uh, which is run by an uh, individual, Maurice, who's a former uh, com- command master chief uh, in the uh, you know, United States Navy. It started something called Reboot uh, several years ago, probably close to 10 years ago, which is describing, uh, which is doing what you're describing, uh, which is this whole retraining program um, and there are some other organizations that, you know, like Boots to Suits, uh, they do something similar as well. I, I think the issue really is um, our veterans understanding how important that is, right? Because when you're on active duty, oftentimes even getting into the mandatory transition, you know, the TAPS class, you know, the five-day mandatory, which is, you know, you're buried by 130 slides and nothing seems really important at the time. All you're thinking about is getting out. Is It's that, it's that you know, before the 10-month mark when you're in the civilian sector realizing, wait, I haven't figured any of this out, is being able to capture the veterans and their families then and getting them pulled back in so that they don't fall into the issues that we oftentimes see, which is substance abuse or how do I get my footing underneath or, you know, filing for unemployment or, boy, you know, I, I got stuck in this job where I'm way underemployed and now I'm frustrated. 
you got to get them before that 10-month mark uh, after they get out. And so that's the trick is how do you get them uh, before that period of time? And that, uh, I think, you know, for us and for many organizations is still, you know, that's still a bit of a mystery. Uh, although we're spending more time at college campuses uh, working with our veterans that have chosen to go into, you know, education and making sure that they're cultivated and on a pathway to success there. Uh, but, you know, there's, there's still room for improvement, no question. All right. We're going to take a short break. We're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo@americanheroesnetwork.com. At Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with, I guess, Mike Schindler, CEO of Operation Military Family Cares. Mike, you have something going on with uh, paramedics. You have a program uh, that's going to actually, is this the rural areas it's going to cover? Is that uh, what this program is all about? We had a show on before. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, so it's actually going to, uh, it's not a rural area, uh, believe it or not. It's its going to encompass about 250,000 uh, citizens. It's, it's a consent, what's considered an urban area, mm-hmm. um, but would be certainly effective in the, uh, the rural areas. But the, the fire district approached us, it was last year, and said um, we'd done a kickoff program with them with transitioning service members as they were uh, looking to add more talent to their team. And uh, we did a one-day workshop uh, that included about 60, 60 to 70 transition service members. And it teamed them up with uh, the fire district, and they got to kind of live the day in the life of a, fire, uh, of a fireman, um, understand kind of the, the ins and outs. And from that experience, they put 10 uh, veterans on their hiring list. 
Well, about six months later, they approached and said, how do we use veterans to help with our frequent 911 callers? These are repeat callers uh, that we have to address, um, but oftentimes it is not, it, it's not emergency related items. Um, and so we developed this program, it's called Verdant for Veterans, it's funded by the, the, the Health Commission here, uh, and it teams up uh, veterans that are in school, in college, uh, with our, it's a team of six, and they are tasked with doing fall safety education, meeting with uh, individuals uh, and doing home inspections to remove any uh, fall hazards. Uh, they'll be doing, um, you know, basic training and educational co- uh, training in the community. So what it does is it, it, it uh, for our veterans, is it helps them understand the value that they have in their community. For our fire district, it helps them actually... Um, keep their paramedics uh, focused on emergency-related responses as opposed to non-emergency-related responses, and it reduces the cost of service. And so it's really a win-win-win. Win. It's a three-way win because the community wins from it, the fire district wins from it, and our veterans win from it because they understand the value. And what happens as a result of that, because of their work with fire district, is that'll look amazing on their resume uh, when they go to get hired. Plus, it's exposing them to many community-based services throughout uh, the Puget Sound area, or actually the, the Snohomish County area, which is where this model is being developed. Uh, and tried. So um, it's a very cool program. We're very excited about it. Um, you know, our hats are off to Fire District 1 for, for really uh, being the catalyst behind the program and uh, for our veterans that will be participating. So it's, it's very neat. All right. Yeah, the other one I was talking about was more or less uh, they were actually training paramedics to help out to treat veterans that are in the rural areas. So these, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, it, it is pretty interesting, and that's why the first thing I looked at, and I went, "Wow, that might be." Something yeah, so similar. we just took the opposite, right? We took we're taking mm-hmm. veterans, and we're and we're you know we're equipping veterans with the tools and resources they need to help educate the community, you know, the aging population that oftentimes will you know call nine one one just because they don't know what the resource is, so that veteran will connect them with the right resource. Or if it's a false safety issue, they'll provide false safety training. They'll do home inspections. Uh, but they get a ton of training in this program uh, that will help them uh, on their path to getting employed downrange. All right. Well, Mike, we know you have another appointment, and it was a pleasure having you on the show this morning. What would you like to share with our listeners before you leave? Well, I think uh, for all our listeners, and I, I think this is really important as families, if, if uh, as we go forward, is really number one, I think as families, we all need to have a family mission statement. Uh, and this can be constructed, you know, within an hour of sitting down with your family and just saying, what does it mean to be who we are? Like uh, we sat down with our girls years ago and we said, what does it mean to be a Schindler? And we sat down and had a great conversation. Now, obviously, my wife and I directed that conversation. Uh, we set the course, right? Uh, we're not going right. to let our daughters dictate that. But That's right. Um, uh, but, you know, I think that's important so that we have a common vision as a family. I think that's important for our families. And I think it's important as veterans to understand that we are broken, uh, that we have much more to contribute, that our mission is not done. We have much more to give back in uh, our communities, and uh, we should be going out figuring out how we can add value. Uh, and I think for our companies, corporations, and even for our colleges, is for them to understand that um, – Veterans are America's greatest asset, and it's to their benefit to figure out how to leverage that asset. 
Um, so I think that's what I'd leave, you know, our listeners with is, you know, those four components right there. Um, and, you know, we encourage people if they have questions or concerns or need to be connected that they can reach out to us at omfcares.org uh, and, uh, you know, just contact us or they can email me directly even. Um, and I'm fine with that too. Uh, I'm very accessible. So uh, at, at the end of the day, our goal is to serve and make sure our veterans are served. Great. We appreciate your time, Mike, and we definitely will be getting back with you. And if anything does come up between now and then, be sure to let us know so we can get it out there. Any Absolutely. events or whatever, okay? And uh, you take care. And we'll I will talk do to it. Gar- Bill and Gary, my hat's off to you. I salute you both, and uh, I appreciate the time. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, sir, for being with us. You yes, betcha. Bye now. Bye-bye. Bill, so what did you think of the show? It's a great show. Great yes. show. I, He's got a lot of things I, going I on. I want to offer up to uh, Gary, uh, I, I mean to uh, Mike, <laughs> um, the, uh, a, the foundation that I serve on, as you know, the International Critical Incident Stress Foundation, especially with this last segment that we were talking about with uh, uh, the uh, collaborative efforts between veterans and the fire district, uh, being first responders and how to moderate that because, you know, that can create another situation with uh, uh, critical incidents such as fires and disasters like that of getting right back into the same situation that we may have been exposed to when we were, uh, you know, serving in the military. That's right. That's right. Now, again, we don't want anybody to forget about the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel. Uh, I, I, Bill, you said you uh, had me a little bit of information about the suicide uh, among veterans, that uh, it actually went down to about 20. A- 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 absolutely. Uh, it's, it's going down, Gary, but we know we have to uh, uh, continue to be somewhat suspect of those figures because uh, from where we started from initially, uh, you know, uh, it was a deficit in terms of all of the information that should have been available to us. But I think what is most important here is of July 29th, there is a new uh, expanded uh, 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 call center now operating out of the Atlanta, Georgia area that's, uh, that the, the VA has got up and running and that there are more uh, professionals there to assist when a veteran might feel as though that, uh, you know, uh, they may be thinking towards suicide, to be able to call in uh, to that. Uh, I don't have the uh, 1-800 number, but I'm sure if any of our listeners are interested, if they uh, would uh, visit va.gov, that information is available. But we must do everything as much as possible to, uh, to, uh, to really... Uh, to uh, eliminate this whole suicide uh, right. concern that we have. And, 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 you know, we talked also, Gary, about uh, our female <clears throat> or women veterans who are, in, uh, you know, who commit suicide right. in greater numbers over their counterparts for those that have not uh, uh, served in the military. And uh, they are really at risk, and it's something that it's requiring constant, constant monitoring to make sure that we we can keep these numbers low and down to elimination. 
Right. Now, again, if anybody missed any of our live shows, all our shows are archived on demand 24-7 right on the website and syndicated on iTunes. You can also hear all the archived shows right from your phone. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We're